Hi everyone, Alexander here. And before we begin the episode, in the bio, I provided a list of global crisis hotlines that you can call no matter where you are in the world. If you or someone is suffering through mental health issues, please do not do it in silence. Call one of the numbers or visit one of the websites and receive assistance. Do not be afraid to ask for help. You are not a burden to anyone and you are loved by so many people. Please take the proper steps you need to get help. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, welcome to Chat With Moss, episode number two. My guest today is a very good friend of mine, all the way from Australia. We're going to be talking about some very important issues that are going on in our world today. Her name is Steph Lochki. Steph, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Oh my God, it's uh, the last time you were on, it was Instagram Live. Um, that chat went on for about two hours. We talked a lot about your pro career. It was a great, but we also talked about a lot of uh, psychology, what you've been studying and learning, and especially with mental health uh, concerning the pandemic and how a lot of people are isolated, but also with recent events as well. And I'm so glad you reached out to me and said, look, we, I want to get this message across, and I think this is the best platform to do it on. So. Uh, Steph, first and foremost, how are you doing right now? Um, look, I'm doing probably as well as what anyone else is, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like we're kind of in a positive situation because all our restrictions are getting lifted. Um, but honestly, just with everything that's happened over the past couple of weeks, um, it hasn't been fun. Um, and just, you know, not being able to deal with things in the normal way that someone would like going to the gym or anything like that, like literally just having to sit here and deal with it emotionally. Um, it's just, it hasn't been a fun time. Um, but I'm guess like I'm lucky because I have a really good support network around me. Um, but yeah, I guess that's what's prompted what like this, this conversation now. So, yeah, life is as good as it can be, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. It's great to have a great, um, you know, social support group around us right now during these tough times. And like I, like we tell friends, uh, reach out to family members, check on how everyone's doing, uh, because you never know someone could be really going through a rough time, and you just being there for them will, uh, you know, just make all the difference in the world. Um, now, especially with the passing of a very great pro bodybuilder, uh, Luke uh, Asando. I mean, you were good friends with him. I had the pleasure of meeting him back in October. Um, Such a warm, humble man, very approachable, loves to talk to anyone. And when I heard the news, I was really much in shock and disbelief. Um, I mean, you knew him a lot better than I do. How well uh, did you know Luke? Um, look, I'm not going to say that, you know, he, like, I, I knew him as well as like, you know, his like friends and his family. Um, but I met him back in 2000 and what? 2018 when he was here in Australia competing. Um, 
and we had a very unique type of friendship. Um, you know, we hit it off when we were like, when we first met, um, I actually remember he was picking on me because I was wearing glasses on the cheek. Um, <laughs> um, and at that point in time, I actually had a broken foot and I was competing like two oh weeks goodness. later and he was like, you're mental. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but um, yeah, like from then, like our, like we just, we stayed in contact, obviously um, he lives in the UK. Um, so we were as close as what like a friendship like that could be. Right. Um, we spoke all the time um, when I was going through um, troubles with my you could say ex-partner. Mm -hmm. um, I was very much in a similar situation to where he was, um, especially when it came to mental health. I never used to be in a really fantastic spot. Um, and he supported me through that. Um, that was late 2018. And then 2019, he was here again to compete. And, you know, our friendship was just like, it was it was great. It, it, um, it blossomed more more into uh, what you previously had with him. Yeah, like it was literally like you know just just friendship. I could talk to him about anything. Um, you know, he picked on me about my accent and all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> is that a camaraderie? Uh, is that like a consistent thing between Brits and Aussies just picking on each other? I, I think so, um, but what I've noticed about um, British people is that there's like two different types of them. Um, but they're two like they some speak differently, and some like some things you can say to them, some things you can't say to them. But I think the good thing with Luke is that like nothing was off limits. Like we could swear at each other, and it was just nothing bothered him. Pardon? No, nothing got to him. No, nothing, nothing got to him. Obviously he had his own things that were going on. Mm -hmm. um, but he was very much a, just a all round amazing person. Um, you know, I spoke to his ex-partner Carly the other day. Um, and you know, like she's, she's a phenomenal woman. Like she's just amazing. And, you know, we just shared some antics and, things that he like used to speak about and how he would say things. Um, but yeah, it's just really sad. Like me and her, and I'm sure a lot of the world just agree that, you know, we just, we, we, we just wanted him to see himself through our eyes. Yeah. That's um, um, that, that, that you, you bring up a good point because we we're our own worst enemies. And, you know, I think I, I knew Luke, was very hard on himself as an athlete, always uh, demanded the best. Um, I mean, I had the pleasure of actually meeting Chris Aceto once or twice and, and, you know, coming across in conversations. Yeah. Luke was, is always hard on himself. It's like, why? He has this tremendous physique. He's always in this, uh, spirit, high spirits, but I, I think we never really know what goes on behind closed doors. Um, so as I mentioned, it was really hard to, you know, to, to when I got the news, it was very hard to digest. Um, because yeah, like it's, yeah. I, I was in disbelief stage, yes, um, for a good four probably four days to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I'm just I was just thankful that you know, because I'm not one to like if I have a passing of a friend, um, 
I don't grieve straight away. Mm. Um, Later. What you find with me is that, you know, I'll, I'll just be quiet for about three days and then it, like, it hits like an absolute storm. Um, but I think like in this instance, especially with Luke, I was thankful enough that um, the person who's currently in my life, um, he, was, he was literally there straight away and he has this really good trick mm. um, which is he gets me to speak about things um, without actually asking the question. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, <laughs> like it's a really good like tool to like tool like tool to have, especially if you know obviously one of your friends are struggling, um, and sometimes it's quite hard to like if you're asking someone like, "Are you okay? What's going on?" Um, you know, it's kind of hard hitting to that person that you're directing it towards and you'll either find that they'll just shut down and won't say anything um, or they'll open up. But majority, like 80% of the time, they'll just shut down if you try and force a topic onto them. You can't be so direct with some people uh, to just yeah, ask, definitely. Uh, are you okay? It doesn't really, you know, doesn't really do anything because they can veer the conversation elsewhere. And as you just mentioned, your, your, your new partner, which I'm very happy for you, by the way, is he, is he, is he handsome? Is he super handsome? Um, yes, he is. <laughs> good. Okay, good. <laughs> yes, he, he's, he's a handsome. He's a handsome fellow. Um, good. Uh, um, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, so the fact that he's able to find, um, you know, a different approaches, which as you example, that you're able to let it, are, are you surprised that like, wow, that came out with me and you didn't directly ask me that question? Um, 100% because like, these are actually like, these are techniques that, you know, I, I read about and I learn about, but it's a different experience to like, when it's actually tried on you. Um, so when I do it to other people, it's different. Um, you know, and I'm, I like to see myself as I'm generally hard hitting. Okay. Um, like you've got to dig with a shovel to get anything out of me. Um, so the way that he actually approached that, I actually took it as a lesson as well. I was just like, Hmm, maybe I'll try this on someone else. <laughs> well, you are a student of psychology. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, you've read up and learned so many different things that you know how to, you know, approach people differently. But, but when you meet it, uh, you see a technique being used on yourself that you, it hasn't clicked on you. Are you more surprised than ever that, Hey, if it worked on me, it can work on anyone. A hundred percent. Like I actually didn't fully, like, obviously like my brain was all over the place, but it was like literally two days after I actually turned around to him and said, did you use this technique on me? Is this what you did? <laughs> black magic. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of black magic going on there. Um, but no, like, you know, he, 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 he knows me so like, I don't understand how he knows me so well because to me, I'm like a closed book. Mm. Um, but, you know, he, he's always like, he's, he's very smart, especially in the psychology realm of things. Um, it's, yeah, like the way that he used it on me, it's just like he knew that I needed to get everything off my chest. And like even even that night, like the amount of emotions that I went through, I was like, I was crying, I was I was sad, I was angry. Um, all like literally all in the space of like half an hour to an hour, I felt so many different emotions. 
Um, but you know, he knew that I needed to get it out in order to, to start processing what had actually happened. And, um, you know, for a lot of people out there that, you know, have friends or family members that are, you know, don't want to approach him and say, Hey, or is everything okay? What technique should they use as he used on you? Like for, for people who are listening. Um, look, I think that like the way that he used the, like he used that technique on me, I think it's a little bit different because we do have that, that really, that, that close friendship. Um, but you know, if you're not actually friends with someone, it's better sometimes just to, just to let them talk, um, talk to them like they're a friend, you know, have a normal conversation with them. Um, because the way that I see it, you know, if you're starting a conversation with someone, you never know where that conversation is going to lead. Mm -hmm. Um, and the more comfortable they feel with you, the more they're going to open up and express really what's going on. And especially if you're going to go in and ask like a hard hitting question to actually see where they're mentally sitting, you know, you have to have an established conversation before that. Right. Um, but you know, you, you've always got to tread lightly. Um, just the mannerism in the words that you say, how, how you say them. Um, you know, I find that you can't always be, you can't be direct. You have to, you know, I sometimes use like, I, I sometimes use sentences where I kind of make them read between the lines and I kind of make them think a couple of times before they respond. But ultimately at the end of the day, it's, you know, they, they're the ones that have to initiate that conversation. You can't initiate it. So when, when they initiate the conversation, yeah. um, which what I find is, you know, maybe 80, 80% of people don't, um, because it's like swallowing, like they have to swallow their pride. Um, and that's something that is quite hard to do. Um, but always if you have like an underlying sense that something deeper is going on, don't walk away. Um, even if this conversation, you know, takes a week to happen, you know, speak to them every single day, establish that trust and that friendship. Um, and then when they're ready, they'll open up to it. It's a topic you can't force. You just can't force anything like this. Now, um, I mean, look, it, from our point of view, it, it makes a lot of sense. You can't force words out of someone's mouth until they're comfortable enough to express. So let alone they don't want to be judged or ridiculed or they want to feel in a, in a safe space. Um, were these methods always being practiced or are they just fairly new uh, to, to psycho psychology? Um, look, that, that, like, when, when you talk about it, like in the psychology, like from a psychology standpoint, um, obviously when someone goes to see a psychologist, they already know that there's an underlying problem. Um, so they're more prone to actually open up and speak about it straight away. Mm -hmm. Um, but basically what I just said, like, you know, that's just for like the generalized person. Um, you know, how a psychologist works, I wouldn't exactly say, you know, if you're not a practicing psychologist or a psychology student or anything like that, and you know nothing about it, I probably wouldn't say to approach it in a psychology manner. Um, you know, I, I always say like, even like, even when I start practicing and that, like, I'm always going to be my client's friend first. Okay. okay. I'm not going to, you know, do the whole traditional, I'll just come in, lay down on the couch and just, just tell me all your problems. Like, 
to me, you have to have a, you have to have a relationship. Um, and that's, that's with any type of business. Um, you know, whether it's psychology, like PT, diet, whatever, um, you have to have a relationship first that always comes first. So, um, with anything, a, a key relationship with that, with that person is going to play a much larger role than, you know, walking to a psychologist's office, sit, as you mentioned, laying down on a couch and just spewing out everything. It doesn't work like that. It, it never has. No, oh. no. I, I think of like, I think the, the facade that's around it, like when, like when you think psychologist, mm-hmm. it's just like, ultimately I see straight away a couch, a pillow, a big chair. Mm-hmm. And like that, that's what I think straight away. Right. Um, and I don't like, I kind of, I would say that I take like a more warped type of conversation, like type of avenue with it. I find that I'm very much more relaxed and I'm not so, so much clinical Um, because clinical for me never worked. Um, I couldn't just go in there because I've seen like the amount of psychologists I've seen like back in, back in the day, like I still speak to one every now and then just to make sure that my head's clear. Mm -hmm. Um, but even my relationship with my psychologist, it's a friendship. Okay. It's, you know, um, I think I'm just fortunate to have found a really good psychologist mm-hmm. um, who, yeah, just lets me offload. You're not being treated as a patient. You're being treated as a friend. That, that, that's yes. the difference. And I, I believe, you know, with that separation, you tend to pe- treat people a lot differently uh, than you, you were actually to, to treat a, to treat a patient with a patient, you're just more sensitive. You tend to, you know, walk around certain questions or try to sugarcoat things until you're comfortable enough to ask the hard-hitting questions. And with friends, they'll just tell you straight up to your face as it is. They'll, they'll, they'll take your feelings into consideration, but it's because they want what's best for you at the end. Um, so the, the fact that your psychologist, um, treats you like a friend, has made must have made tremendous improvements for you to be able to heal and move forward, knowing that like I'm secure with this person. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you know, I, 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 even when you look at a friendship or anything like that, um, you know, trust trust stems from like a, a friendship. Yes. Like, like, yeah. I just, you know, to me, everything comes from a friendship. Like, you know, even even when it's like, like, um, like relationships or anything like that, everything stems from a friendship. If you don't have a friendship, you have nothing. Um, you know, but it's just, everything's got to come from a friendship. Um, and you know, you just have to, you have to allow that person to trust you enough to open up. Um, and you know, that also comes to the topic of, you know, not being judgmental, you can't be judgmental on someone else's situation. Um, you know, like, like even as you were saying before about, um, about anyone, like a lot of us, we just suffer in silence. Yeah. Um, and that's like, you know, we don't like, we don't want to swallow our pride to be like, like, you know, like I'm struggling. Right. Um, it's especially within like the fitness industry, it's such a hard hitting egotistical industry. Um, not saying it's a bad thing, kind of is to a degree. <laughs> yes. Um, but a lot of people don't want to swallow their pride. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like it's, it's a very big gap in the industry. Um, you know, what, like, what you see in the gym of someone 
is I would say 80% not what they're like behind closed doors. Mm. Um, what I've found, especially, especially with men, um, that, you know, there's some character in the gym, but behind closed doors, they're literally just suffering and the way that they are in the gym and their mannerism is a cover up for what's going on. And we're, we're talking about, I would even imagine a majority of uh, bodybuilders and pros to, you know, suffer through this every day, just maintain an image because they, God forbid, they show any sense of emotions or that they're weak. But I, I think with, um, I hate to bring it up again with a passion of Luke though, this is going to shine a bigger light on mental health within our uh, fitness industry. And, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be more sensitive to the idea of being, feeling more comfortable to ask someone, well, a close friend, are you okay? Um, or do you want yeah, to? I, yeah, 100%. I think especially with the males, like the movement that I've seen that I've started to notice over the past like four four or five days, because I have listened to podcasts where guys are actually starting to talk about this. Okay. Um, and I think it's a good thing. But one thing that I'm hoping is that it's not just a momentary thing. I hope that it's just not because of what's just happened, that everyone's just opening up about it. Um, you know, I hope that it continues. Um, but, you know, as guys are just unpredictable, like... <laughs> <laughs> something else could happen like in the next week and then they'll all be on to that topic yeah i mean you're already leading the charge w with that i think you were doing it uh, much earlier on uh but of course it takes like um it just takes one person it takes this one big tragedy uh to like for everyone to really pinpoint their attention on that situation and from there forward i i it's something that has to be embedded inside everyone's head that, you know, mm. as, as important physical health is, internal health, mental health is the last thing anyone thinks about. Um, so if we keep the, you know, if we keep the, the wheels turning on this, I think, I think there is a, a, a greater opportunity to change people's perspectives on how we view mental health within our industry and not being told to suck it up, get on stage or eat this final chicken breath or go do that rep. Um, there's a lot more to it than uh, meets the eye. And we can't, we can't, we can't throw this under the bus and say, eh, it happened. We moved on. No, look, I've, um, I've been saying for about a year and a half, like I've been trying to find, I've literally been trying to find a way to break into this subject um, within the fitness industry. Obviously, you know, I, I went through my own stuff and me, me being a female, um, I do find with females that it's actually easier for a female to open up about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously it's just like, I, I just want everyone to open up about it. Like I, like, you know, females have like, we have support groups and this and that. Um, but you know, as my conversation, um, with, I was about to say his name then, um, but my, <laughs> but my, like the, the person who's in my life, I was just like, I was literally sitting there. I was like, how in the hell am I going to do this? Um, and he's a very business oriented person. And he was just like, he's like, he goes, he goes, what's stopping you? And it's just like, you know, judgment from my past. Um, you know, I, for me, like I need, like at some point I need to share my story. Yes. Um, 
at, at some stage I will, but see, I've always been ashamed. Like I've literally been ashamed of where I've been. Um, but you know, like, like my perspective over the past six months is just like, you know, vulnerability is one of the strongest things that you can actually have. Yeah. Um, and when I believe that when you've actually been in a situation yourself, you understand it more. Um, you know, a lot of people say like one thing that does kind of get to me to a degree is when, you know, when you see something written and you're talking about, you know, like suicide or something like that, and you know that person and you know that they've never been there. One thing that you cannot say if you haven't been there is that you understand because you don't. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of, uh, actually sounds really bad of me to say, but the thing is, that is if you haven't been there, no. you actually don't understand. No, you just, um, I you don't get it. And no. I think it's quite offensive when someone says, Hey, like I understand how you're feeling. It's just like, hang on. No, you don't. No, no, no. But I think it's also, you know, just, um, almost a trigger just to say, oh, I understand where you're coming from because everyone has experienced some of the same emotions or feelings on some sort of level. But yeah. no one very, I think a lot of us in this world, but very few people have, you know, contemplated like is today the day and someone comes up to you and says, oh, I know where you've been. No, you don't. You, you don't know what it's like, whether I'm going to make the choice to not wake up tomorrow morning. Uh, whether I'm going to continue the rest of my life. So, uh, but I also, it does come a place from, I wouldn't say ignorance, but also just being um, um, inconsiderate. But they, they, they don't, they don't mean it in the worst ways. Uh, they just want, yeah. to, they, they just want to be able to be there. And if you're able to explain that to them, they have a better overall understanding on how to approach you next time or any other, anyone else going forward. So I, I believe this, this is a big, educational process that I think a lot of people need to um, know how to approach someone who is going through, uh, you know, the, the these uh, spirals of uh, depression and uh, the, the ups and downs with everyday life. And I mean, I mean, you're a great person uh, to, to ask these sort of questions to. So as you just mentioned, what, what is another best approach that uh, men or women, because I know with men, we're too macho. I'm, <laughs> I'm very yeah, guilty as that too. Even though you're, even though you don't ask a direct question, is everything okay? But like somehow, like I know you're gonna get it out of me. I will puff up my chest and like, oh, you know nothing about me, and walk away. And I'm guilty of that. Exactly. But um, what is the best solution to how to approach someone and you know not come off ignorant? Like I know how you're feeling. Uh I always just say like, you know, I always like the, the best method that I've found that works is just, it's the friendship, the established a friendship. Like, um, even look, I, I'm a very vibey person. Mm -hmm. Um, like, so this is just me. Like, you know, I can sense, I, I, I think I'm like some type of extraordinary weirdo. Um, okay. but I, I, I literally, I sense when something's going on with someone, I can just literally look at them and be like, they're not okay. Um, you know, like, like another way that you can approach those things is like, you know, if you do pick up on vibes and you actually feel as though there is a vibe that is off, it's like, you know, you can, you can approach that vibe um, in a direct or indirect way. Right. Um, 
or, you know, you can just be present. Being present without asking questions can sometimes be a really good thing. Um, sometimes you don't need to ask the question. You just need to be a present body. Um, but it's just, it's, it, it's a hard and sensitive thing to, to approach in any, in any manner. And I think that it also comes down to the, the type of personality that you do have and the way that you do approach things in the best and sensitive, most sensitive way that you can. Right. Um, so what may work for me, um, and how I get people to open up may not work for someone else because they may not have the personality type that I do. Um, but you know, I'd like, even like, like if guys listen to this, like, you know, it's like, you don't have to be macho all the time. Like I guarantee you that you may be macho in the gym, but when you're around your partner at home, you're probably a marshmallow. You know what? It's, so, it's, fun, it's funny you say that because, you know, I've had a lot of, a lot of other guys in the gym, uh, even some people outside that I know, but a lot of, a lot of macho bodybuilders come up to me and said, and they're not doing so well. They don't know who to talk to. They don't know who to go. They can't even talk to their girlfriends or wives, but let me go talk to Alex. He, he usually knows w what to say. And I, I sit back and I go, you have everything right now. You do. You have, you have your dream girl, your dream car. You live in a beautiful house. You're making uh, killer money. You, you, got, you probably have great sponsors and all that. And yet you're still not content with anything. So there's something out. There's a deeper root going on. And, you know, even if you have all of that, what makes someone say, I'm still not happy? That's a, that, that's a hard hitting question. It's like, you know, like I'm, you know, even in the position that I'm in, like, you know, I have, I have everything that I could ask for. Um, does it mean that I'm satisfied? No. Um, but it's just like, especially when it comes to guys, like, it's just, I know that they're never going like a hundred percent going to be satisfied no matter what they have. Um, especially with bodybuilders, like, you know, I know, I know a lot of bodybuilders that just like they, they literally have absolutely everything and they're not satisfied, but there's always this part within them and they're always lonely. Um, and one thing that I know that a lot of bodybuilders, you know, say is that they don't think that anyone's ever going to get them. They're not, no, they're not going to understand. Um, and you know, like to, to a degree, probably no one's ever really going to fully understand the extent of what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Um, only you know that, but the ability to change that is actually just being more open. Um, you know, pinpointing what you're not happy with. Um, and what I do also see and what I am a really big believer in is the fact that a lot of our problems that we have, you know, in our, like from like our, our teenage years all the way through like the rest of our lives, um, the issues that we come up with actually occurred in our early childhood years. And I was going to bring that up because I feel like everything stems for stems from, you know, as you mentioned in your early childhood years, as you, you are developing as a child, making friends growing up and, you know, it could be that one bully in, in school or, you know, that one time your parents, you know, really uh, sh shamed you, made you feel awful. It, it, it leaves an emotional scar that will carry out with you throughout your years. Um, and so I think, of course, in a sport where 
we have to look a certain way so we can obtain, obtain, you know, this, this gratification of I look the best. There's a lot of underlying issues uh, there that stem from early childhood. And I mean, I, and of course, dumbbells and weights is a mask, mask all of that just to hide it. Um, mm-hmm. What do you say to someone that, you know, has, you know, early childhood trauma that they've been fighting for years and they don't know really how to go about it? Because that most of the time is usually it. They have everything, but that still holds them down from like pursuing even more than they thought they thought they could because of that one person, which honestly probably forgot or never forgot who you were or never had an actual effect on them, but it affected you in such a way that you can't shake it off. How do you go about moving forward from that? Um, look, I think it's also, see, see what, what a lot of people um, don't actually realize that like obviously that, you know, when, when I, when someone tells me that they have an issue, um, I directly go back to their childhood Um but sometimes what happens is that they actually create like a mental block. Mm-hmm. So they don't actually remember um, to the full extent what happened. Um, but, you know, with, with any process of healing, you have to go back to the place where it began. Um, and that can be, that in itself can be a really torturous process. Um, now- because you'll find that like, like these mental blocks that I just spoke about, right. they actually they unblock because you're so fixated and concentrating on, you know, like where did this come up? And then you start getting like memory flashes. And then to be honest, like when I went through that, it scared the absolute crap out of me. (laughs) Um, But it was, it's a place of, you know, recognizing the problem um, and then putting the process, like the steps in place to actually start fixing it. Right. Um, you know, a lot of those processes, they all, they always start with acceptance and acknowledgement. Like right. it happened. Um, but I always try and find the positive, like the positive outlook at the outlook of it. Um, you know, I, I was bullied in high school, um, you know, <laughs> to a really bad extent. Um, but you know, my, what I gained from that was a understanding of, you know, not just how nasty people can be, but all the emotions in between of how it made me feel. Um, you know, I gained that, like, the emotional intelligence from it, which has now helped me push forward in my career. So to be honest, if that didn't happen to me, I would not be the person who I am now, and I would not be in a position to be able to help people who go through that stuff. Um but it's just acknowledgement of what's happened. Like, yes, like the process of going backwards, it's going to be scary. Um, and it may take some time for your memory block to unblock. But once they unblock, you'll start to understand, hey, like, you know, it stemmed from here. Let's fix this problem and then we'll move forward. If there's another problem that comes up, we're going to go back and find out where it is. Um, but it's it's literally just a just a process, and you know some people will do it, some people won't do it. But you've always got to understand until you go back to the core root of the problem, the problem's always going to be there. So uh, even though someone could acknowledge the fact that they do have trauma come from their earlier years, um, will the brain do enough mental gymnastics to convince you otherwise that you're fine 
everything's okay. Don't even, don't even go down to that path. Don't even open up that file. Like there's nothing wrong. How do you stop that from happening? How do you work with your mind to remind yourself that this is what happened and I need to acknowledge it instead of always, as you said, putting a mental block just to forget that it ever happened? Um, look, putting, putting a mental block in there is not the advised course. Um, but truly starting to understand why your body is like your brain is wired the way that it is. Um, because you may not even realize it, but all our reactions come from, um, like stem from what we're used to. Um, and the way that I started to, well, actually, I, I literally only started to dive into this maybe about three and a half weeks ago. I actually wanted to start learning about why the brain reacts in a certain way to like, why, like, you know, why it reacts the way that it does and how I can change that process into a more positive um, outlook. Um, a lot of people don't really believe in this method, um, but it's called, it's the, um, the NLP which is the Neurological Linguistics Programming. Um, and I, I literally, like, I haven't done too much research into it, but literally the first video that I watched, I was just like, this makes so much sense. Um, it literally just breaks down. It gives you more of an understanding on how your brain actually works and it gives you the tools to be able to, you know, reprogram your mannerisms, reprogram the way that you react to things. Um, just by doing the smallest things like using, using different words um, rather than what you're used to, like it tells you about like why you react to the ways that you do. Um, and, you know, even in that, it all stems from your childhood. It stems from what you like, like you have, you have the same reaction now as what you would when you were a child. So like for like for example, if you've got like you know how we've got like the hothead people who you know they get so angry so quickly, right? It wouldn't surprise me if they were like that when they were a child as well. Um, so there is like there there's ways to like you just have to be aware. You have to be open to be aware of how you react and actually want to change it. Um if you have no want or no need to change the way that you are. Like, don't, don't even bother. You're, you're going to be stuck with it. And if you can't accept it, it's, it's going to be haunt you for the rest of your life. 100%. It's like, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, not, a fun, it's not a fun journey going back to your childhood. It's no. really, it's, it's, it's not. But for you to let go of what's happened and, you know, move forward in life, mm -hmm. it's like you, you have to face those types of things. And, you know, like, just... It's, it's, it's kind of like no words for it, but it's not a fun journey. And if you want, if you want to go on that journey to, you know, really figure out what's going on, um, you know, you, you can do it yourself. You can go and learn about these things yourself. Like it's not hard to type it into Google and start understanding why you are the way you are. Um, no, it's a deeper, deeper rooted issue. <laughs> that takes a, a lot more time and a lot more acknowledgement and um yeah you nothing you can't go on the internet and type it in because everyone's different but you know what but everyone thinks oh i'm feeling like this so this is the answer for it and it, it's a lot more to it um a, a key thing is is just acceptance 
And if you just really can't accept what happened in the past, let alone forgive your mistakes that happened then or forgive the person, um, you won't be able to heal properly. Um, how important is forgiveness of oneself when, especially when someone's extremely hard on themselves and they can't let that go? Um, I think forgiveness is probably the first step to being able to let go. Um, you know, if you hold on to like, if you hold on to what has happened, you actually create this underlying resentment within yourself, right. whether it's the resentment towards said person who's done something or like resentment towards yourself. But I always find that resentment towards yourself is it's harsher than resentment towards someone else. Um, you know, like just it's, it, it's forgiveness. Like you, you have to forgive, like, you know, it's like, like, we're, like I've, I've lost like people quite close to me to like to suicide. Um, um, someone very, very close to me, which was basically my, he was basically my father. And it took me, um, it took me five, five or six years to actually forgive him for what he did. Oh my. So it was, you know, I was even having this conversation with my partner the other day, like, you know, part of me still doesn't forgive him because the words that he always said to me were, I will never leave you. And I'm just like, but you left me. So you lied. Um, but see that external relationship there with my, like with my, with the person who was basically like my father, it was like that carried on to every single relationship that I had. Like every single relationship. This is, this is what I noticed when, um, I took time out for myself after my previous relationship that ended in 2018 from that time to this time, um, you know, I started to realize what I had done. I started to recognize the pattern and that pattern stemmed from the moment that he did what he did. And I had to, you know, I had to forgive him. Like I, like part of me, I'm not going to lie. Part of me doesn't understand why he did it. I'm never going to understand. Um, even though I knew, like, I know the circumstances, I know everything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fully ever understand what has gone, what was going through his brain mm -hmm. in that point of time. But, you know, this is just proof that, you know, what happened with that, it carried out in every single relationship. I was always so insecure. Like my, my mentality towards relationships was, you know, who cares about this relationship? They're going to leave me anyway. So let's just push them until they leave. Well, that, that was what I used to do. That's a very interesting point because, you know, a lot of people tend to cut other people out of their lives if they get too close or they be, if they build you know, uh, um, a personal attachment that they don't have with other people. They're afraid that they're going to see them in a light where, you know, where, as you mentioned, insecurity, maybe a little bit of low self-esteem, lack of confidence. And, you know, that no one wants to portray that to anyone that might be a potential partner. So it's, it becomes a point where I'm not going to bring you all the way into my life. Or if you start asking questions, I just might you cut you out of my life. Um, mm -hmm. So clearly, going forward if you don't figure out why you do this you're never going to have a healthy relationship would you no like I, I i never had healthy relationships um you know like 
this is like like part of my story like growing up i always seen like my so like i would say that he was like kind of my stepdad but he wasn't really the father figure in my life like this is not the person who passed away but i actually like when i was a child i constantly seen him abusing my mum like oh my. downright out of like physical abuse um and also the correlation to that in my life is that i was in relationships where I thought that was normal. I allowed that to happen. So it's like all the whole pattern of what I seen when I was growing up was just correlating through my life and, and through my relationships. Um, it's just like recognizing that, you know, shit does happen. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of like abusive relationships these days, um, and this is why I'm so, I'm so, dead against it now it's like because i i, I realized what happened i i took note of everything that was going on and everything that i was allowing in my life um but when i actually pinpointed obviously what was going on and the correlation that was just playing out through my life and stemmed it back to my childhood i was just like shit's got to change because it can't be like that um but there's such a huge relationship with you know whatever happens in our life now to what happened in our childhood um and i don't think a lot of people actually realize that i think that it's like for anyone who actually listens to this it's just like if you are in a situation right now where you don't know what's going on um i just want you to sit down look at the pattern that's currently going on see if you can relate that to anything that's happened you know in the past five years ten years or however old you are um and just start to see if you can recognize a pattern and if it's not if it's a pattern that you don't like and you don't understand why it's there keep going back keep digging until you remember that first time where that pattern was like relevant and then you need to, like from there you just need to start putting things in place to alter that alter the pattern that you've written out for your life because at the end of the day i always say that you know you're you're like whatever happens tomorrow like or the next day or like two like two three years from now like we're in control of this it's not already written for us um the only way that it's going to be written for us is if you continue to let happen what what happens um, you know, just like, you know, if you have those suicidal thoughts or anything like that, um, the thing with suicidal thoughts is that they literally come in and out of your brain and click of a finger. It's um, scary though, how, how, how they, yeah, how they enter and they come out of nowhere and then they leave another moment. It's a phantom and you, but you're, you're worried, is it going to happen again? Yeah. But say like, like with, with some people, it's more prevalent, like comes back all the time and that's what eats away at someone um even though they're like split second thoughts they in someone who you know struggles harder than what other people do they're just they're more common and they're actually like you know i was saying on my story the other day um like our mind can be the worst thing like the worst thing and the best thing for us mm -hmm. it's literally like like when, well, the way I envision it, um, you know, like in the cartoons, how you have like the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. Yeah. That's literally to me. That's you know, that's your brain. Like when you're when you have mental instability, that's what's going in in your brain. Um, and the truth, like truth to the matter is, is that 
no matter where you are, like in, in your life or, you know, like your circumstances or anything, you actually always have like the, the two, like the, the good and bad. You mm-hmm. always have it. The right and the left. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just more prevalent in people who are struggling that little bit more. Um, but we just need to take a little bit more care with this whole entire subject. Um, you know, we, no one wants to lose something to anything like this. Um, and if you are struggling, then, you know, it's, I, I'm not going to say the whole line of, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Um, I think that that line is overused. Redundant. I, I think that it's potentially irrelevant now because so many people just say it just to, you know, like, they, they just say it, but they don't mean it. No. It's like, I think that that line is just like way overused, but although, although it is relevant, it is a relevant topic, but you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's like, it's okay to be a little bit mentally insane. It's, it's not a bad thing. Um, and there's such a stigma around it. You know, if you have like, you know, if you take antidepressants or if you see a psychologist or a counselor, like, people just mark you as like you're clinically like you're clinically insane and, and it's I just like can, oh. I, I can you know relate to that because it, when i saw like a psychiatrist i thought like oh well the world is going to see me in a whole completely different light i'm going to be marked as you know this cuckoo but no one knew no one ever knew only exactly only i knew but i was scared to ever admit that to to anyone um and you know but also it came to a point where i had to accept this like i'm i'm seeking help there's nothing wrong with that and i i I do think we live in in a day where yes a lot more people are accepting still don't understand it and you know the education needs to come in but are a lot more open to you know what people have to express and what they what they have to say i think about 10 years ago I can tell you here in Canada, it wasn't like that. It was more like even 20 years ago, here's a prescription. Go take that. You'll feel better in a couple of weeks. It doesn't solve anything because something can always trigger it and come back. Your demons never leave you. You can control them, but they'll never, they'll never, they'll never go. Mm-hmm. Now, and that, like that, that's an important thing to, to state is that, you know, you're in control of what goes on in your mind. Um, you know, you're not, you're not out of control. Um, you, you do have, like, there are tools to control what goes on. Mm. You know, once you, once you identify your triggers, you are actually able to put steps in place to control those. Um, and you know, like the, the stigma around, like, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of, you know, antidepressants or anything like that. <laughs> like I've been there, I've taken my fair share and to me, they did more damage than good. Um, I believe they stunt my growth, but my whole family. Stun- <laughs> is, that, is that why you're so short? Yeah. <laughs> probably. I've, oh, I've got the same problem then. Cause I, oh, I oh God. I'm taller than you. So as I mentioned, I don't feel that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Lord. Um, but yeah, like they, they just like, they, those like those tablets, they're like, I literally class him as like the devil. Like, and I'm not an advocate. I'm not an advocate for medication, more advocate for herbal supplements. Like, you know, a lot of ashwagandha is, is, 
a lot of ashwagandha. You have no idea how effective ashwagandha is when it comes to, you know, lowering stress hormones in the body. Uh, KSM 866, I, I believe. I hope I'm not butchering that. Do I have my papers here for it? Yes, KM, K, yes. KMS 66, um, you know, the river of ashwagandha as well is great to reduce stress in the body, but also creates more clarity um, in your mind. So, I mean, I had to throw that one in there because ashwagandha has helped me quite a bit uh, through uh, some rough patches, especially during prep too, I mean. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, obviously, like, there's, there's the things that we all turn to when we just need to relax a little bit. Um, but it's also important not to become reliant on it. No. Yeah. Um, especially like what, what, I also, what I also do find is that in people, especially people who have quite an addictive personality, um, you know, they'll find something that works and then they'll never stop taking it. And then when they don't take it, they actually give themselves anxiety because they're like, oh shit, like I need this, I need this. And it's just like, hang on. No, no, you don't need that. They're, they're, your mind is a lot stronger than you think it is. So you can give someone a placebo of it and they would think it's still doing sin because your mind clearly has that power to let you know that everything's going to be okay. 100%. It's just like, you know, it's, it, it's just, I think like, it's also the action of taking it that people get used to. Um, so I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, I've, I, I've, I've tried to help. I've helped friends get off their like antidepressants and stuff. Um, and obviously I weaned them off, but I was a little bit of a smart ass. Um, and I actually opened up their capsules and I changed what was inside. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> as a very good friend, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I say very good friend, but I also kind of like, you're bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I didn't like, obviously like I was weaning them off properly. Um, yeah. but you know, this was one person who was under the impression that, you know, I've got to take this every single day. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to work. And I yeah. just put in motion. I was just like, Hey, like it literally, I got to about four months down the track and I literally turned around to her and I was like, I said, guess what? She's like, what? Like her life is like just amazing. Like she had literally blossomed. Like it was just incredible to watch. I literally just said to her, I said, guess what? And she's like, what? And I was just like, you haven't been on any presents for three months. And how did you respond to that? Like, (laughs) She said a few few words to me. Okay. A few underlying words. Um, but then, like, literally, like, she was just, like, she said some words, obviously, I'm not going to say on here. Yeah. Um, and then she literally sat down a little bit later, and she was just like, thank you. I was just like, well, it was only your mind that was trying to convince you that you needed to take them. You, you, wouldn't, to take them. you wouldn't be worried if someone had a relapse, and if you told them that, they would just go back to square one again? Well, considering that she lived with me, it was a little bit easier for me to actually keep an eye on her. Okay. <laughs> like, I would not do that with someone who did not live with me. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, it's like when it comes to relapses of the, like medications and this and that, um, you know, I find that relapses are more occurring if someone just stops taking something. Mm. Um, you know, obviously with any sort of medication, you have to wean yourself off it. It's not just, uh, oh, I'm not going to take this anymore. Um, you know, you have to wean, like wean yourself off it. Like, you know, even, even when it comes to like, you know, bodybuilders and this and that, like, do you think that when they finish their show that they just automatically stop what they're doing? No, no, you can't. Um, 
No, he, it, he uh, definitely, he definitely can't. From, 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 we have the experience, it doesn't. It, it, you can't. No, you, you and, literally can't. And, you know, if you do that, you actually have a relapse from what you've been doing. Like, yeah. chances that you'll end up in hospital are like 90%. It's, well, that's true. That, that's an inter- other topic I wanted to bring up. And, you know, um, you know, a lot of people would say that, you know, if a bodybuilder is mentally unstable, it's, oh, it's the drugs. It's the steroids. That, that's, it's that right away. Mind you, like, even including myself, I've experienced that as well. Uh, high estrogen in the body, very hormonal. But it doesn't mean I was going to do something drastic. Um, so... How do we? How do you just convince you know the general public? Look, it had nothing to do with anabolics. It just had to do with that person's own state of mind and uh, get the uh, idea out of people's heads that you know these drugs you know aren't the cause of someone um, you know um, getting putting themselves into that very dark position. It has something that they had with them all along, and had nothing to do with those anabolics to begin with. Yeah, look, um, I think that that's that's a hard topic to actually debate. Um, Just with like, you know, any type of substance, it actually does alter like what goes, like the the chemicals like in our body. It does alter everything. Um, So obviously like things are enhanced and like before you actually start taking them, it's just like if you're not in an amazing place, don't expect for that place to get any better. If anything, it will get worse. Um, if you are, you know, if you're struggling, don't think that, you know, taking this and that is going to fix where you are because you're literally just putting a band-aid on it. Because when you, like, if this is like, like you're not, not just with substance, but, you know, even even with Krebs, um, what I do realise, like, what I, what I am, like, what I have noticed, um, and, you know, even I've done it myself, um, if I had something really bad going on in my life, I actually covered it up with a Band-Aid and I actually started prepping because it kept me distracted. I've seen a lot I of didn't people have to deal that. with I, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of people, but I've seen mostly women do that. Yes. A lot of women yeah. um, will actually cover up a, what I've noticed like, is they'll actually cover up a hurt of a breakup with a prep. And they'll attempt to use that prep as revenge to be like, oh, screw you. Like, I look great. But, you know, looking great and feeling great are two completely different things. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, a lot of people just use these things as band-aids. But just know that, you know, obviously there is a stigma around, like, using things and this and that, especially with someone who's... Um, I don't really want to say the substance, but when, when someone uses the substance starting with tea um, and they go batshit crazy, it's always a stigma that that's the thing that did that. But it's just like, hang on. Like, say if you have two people and they're both taking the same things, one goes crazy and one doesn't. Is it, it's like, you know, everyone's wired completely differently. Everyone's in a different mental state of mind. Your mental state of mind does play a role. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that there's a correlation to it, but you can like, even like just looking at a scenario like that, like, you know, it does something to someone um, and it doesn't do something to like, like person, like person B. It's like, it actually has to be the chemical imbalance that's going on within the system. That, that's, 
it's a it's a little scary because you I mean, of course we we go back to Luke again. I mean you know what with the substances do you think it really had anything to do with what happened or it was just something that's been prolonging for such a long time and it, it No. Um like we we with Luke I can hundred percent say it had nothing to do with any of the bodybuilding side of things. No. You know, this this all stemmed from years before like he was even bodybuilding. So he's, he's lived with it for a long time. Um, and you know, like I, I, I don't know, I don't know the full extent. I don't know, you know, heaps about his childhood or anything like that, but just everything that I've watched, um, especially from his closest friends, um, you know, from not, not just Carly, but you know, Ben and um, what's his name? James. 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 Yeah. James. Yeah. I, I can't something. Oh God, I forgot his last name for a second. I know it's I James. James Hall, Hall, Hall. Oh God. Oh my God. It's part of the Redcon team. I should know this. <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's bad. Aaron, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but you know, like it just, yeah, like it, it had nothing to do with it. And I think that like, you know, if there is that stigma that's going on, you know, like I've like some of the YouTube videos that I've watched, like that I've seen on it, and I'm just like, part of me just wants to like jump through the computer screen and just strangle the person who's saying it. But it's just like you know, people are going to believe what they want to believe, and people are going to say subjective things just to get attention to their it, channel. It, it, it's it's attention. It's the wrong like type of attention because you will receive massive backlash from it. But I mean, hey, if they're used to taking it, they'll just do it. It's a James Holling Holling uh, sheet. Oh God, James, you're gonna kill me. I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry, mate. I really, I really am. Oh God. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's okay. That goes on the record. <laughs> Um, I'm never no, going to forget that one, are you? No, no, God. Uh, um, but, yeah, I just think that people also, like, I just, I clearly want to state um, that this had nothing to do with anything that Luke had been, like, that, like any of his previous use. It had nothing to do with it. Okay, good. So we, um, we, need, we need to clear the air on that so no one really, you know, that's solidified in their mind. Oh, it was a steroids, which I knew right off the bat. Yeah, look, this, this, um, like, literally his friend, um, Ben Chow, um, I've actually, I met Ben when they came here for the Arnold's in 2019. Um, literally, you know, he, he literally, did, he did a video literally within 24 Four hours wishing every single rumor that was starting to arise yeah um so it's very like to, to me at the moment it's about um people just need to be respectful yeah um you know people like every everyone's still grieving um it's like just just stop saying things that don't, don't need to be said like at the moment we just need to celebrate the person that he was or, I, and i think that you know, actually sounds really weird saying the word was um <laughs> Wow! Celebrate his his life, his legacy, what he, what he has left, the mark that he has left in, in this world. Not preferably in the bodybuilding world, but just the mark that he's left on so many people, and he's left on us too. So I mean, that's how you that's how you want to remember any, anyone. How what what the mark that they left on, on this world, and how how that person made you feel, and celebrate his life. Don't you have to celebrate the man's life, and I think that's the best. You, you have to. He was he was an amazing like, and you know, I'm not even being biased because he's like because he was a friend, 
you know, he was generally just a, just an amazing person. Um, you know, if, if uh, the people who had the chance to meet him, like he was just like the biggest animated goofball that you would ever meet. Oh, like, yeah, he is. Regardless, regardless he is. I, um, of he was like I, I, 24 hours from the show, he was still, <laughs> he was still like goofy as anything. Oh, I, I had the pleasure, like I mentioned before, I had the pleasure to meet him and it was, uh, I was so, it was so great. This, you know, one of the pros that, you know, I see on Instagram, on YouTube and like, oh my God, I'm in the presence of Luke. <laughs> it was, it, it was something phenomenal. It, it really was. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was. I just hope that, I just hope that guys out there actually start to understand that, you know, it's okay to talk out. It's okay. Like, I know that guys feel weird, like talking about their emotions. Like we're not, that, because that, we're not allowed with everyone. We're because men, men, because men, you know, we've been all raised men, especially that, you know, you're, you're not allowed to, I mean, our generation, ideally, yes. And it's only gotten better within the last few years. I think, you know, the generation Z is a little bit more open to, you know, talking about this, but even then the, the masculinity will always come forward. So it's going to be a lot harder to really chip away and really allow some, allow male figure to really expose himself and make themselves vulnerable in that light. But I think we're a lot more accepting now. And as long as we can all take like a little bit of constructive criticism on how we can better ourselves and move forward in our life, you know, there is a lot easier on healing and there's a lot less people feeling scared. And you know what? A lot less people having these very dark thoughts. So of course, forgiveness, acceptance, you know, very important. Now in terms of self-help, what besides going to see someone else, what other activities? We all know working out is a key one. I know you've had some other great tools that you mentioned in the past. So anything that you can share with us on that? Um, look, like tools for, tools for self-help. It's like once you've identified where that missing link is, mm -hmm. that's, when, um, that, that's when you have to pick a tool to put in place. You know, whether in females, I find that, um, obviously I'm not a guy, so I don't really know what you guys do for self-help. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know is that a lot of the guys I know, they just start to drink and I'm just like, that's not self-help. Well, yeah, that's... Whatever, that's, that's, whatever that's, makes you feel momentarily good. And that's momentarily, that, that's, that's, yeah, it's the easiest way and it involves the less use of brain cells. So. Yeah. And see, sometimes not, not being mean to men, but like the, the less brain cells you kind of have, the more you guys open up. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. To the that's guys fine. That's fine. That's true. <laughs> um, but you know, like, like for females, like, you know, it's like the, the, the self-care and the self-love that goes into us. Like, you know, it, it can be the simplest things. Um, the facade that I'm actually prevalent to is like, you know, what I actually notice in a lot of females is that their self-love actually stems from the outside in, mm. not from the inside out. Um, you know, I find that females feel so much better after, you know, they've, you know, they've gone and got their nails done and done all of this sort of stuff. Um, so for anyone who obviously doesn't do it, um, not, I'm not encouraging going and spending money and all that sort of stuff, especially in this time, but, you know, doing those simple things, you know, go and go and look after yourself, go and make sure you feel good on the outside first. Um, you know, a lot of us won't ever be happy with how we look 
but the the ref- like the refreshment from you know getting those small like maintenance things done to ourselves it actually like you know that that self care that self love um you know there, there's like every person is individual um but you know watching like personal development um you know, I've got one lady who I'm working with who she's actually been watching the same video for two weeks. Like I've given her a list of other things to, to go and to go and watch, but she's stuck on that one video. Um, and every single day she's actually starting to learn something different from it. Like different things are regist- registering with her and it's making her feel better and better and better about herself. Um, and that's one thing that we mentioned that mental block is beginning to chip away. The more times it is repeated in your head, the more it makes sense. You can watch it the first month and you only get pieces of it. And then you come to three months or two or even two months, you begin to understand more because you begin, your mind is starting to open and to accept what, what yes. is, yes, what are the words that are being uh, in. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, like you'll, you, you like if, if you do go and watch like you know personal development videos and this and that. I always say, you know, watch it, watch it over the course of a week. Um, you know, if you if you have a few extra hours, just just keep watching it because you're gonna get something out of it every single time. Um, now the same video may not work for different people. Um, so what I always do say is obviously like people who I do work with, um, you know, I send them out a list. Like these are a list of like good lists, like good, good links and all of this and all of that. And it it always depends on, you know, what, what problem they're actually having, whether it's self-confidence, um, self-love, like those things basically all stem from the same like category. Um, but you know, they'll get lists of all these videos and this and that. And I always say, okay, like, you know, go and go and watch like two, two, three minutes of it. If you're not feeling like a resemblance to that video, get out of it and go to the next. Um, you know, everyone's, everyone's different. Everyone responds to different types of like, you know, I even find that see, I respond to, um, it actually depends on who's talking. Um, sometimes I'll respond to a female's voice. Sometimes I'll respond to a male's voice. It's just what I relate to better. Um, if you find a voice in a video more calming, you're actually more prevalent to actually let that information in. Um, if you find that person's voice irritating, you're probably going to block it. Um, I think but, everyone, yeah. I think everyone who's going to listen to this is very much going to like your voice, especially the North American. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they'll like my voice. I, you're an Aussie. They listen to me just like some plain white bread guy talking at the other end. <laughs> and then here we come back to the accent. There we go. I was like, no, no let the pretty girl talk, guy. Let the pretty girl talk. <laughs> Let the pretty girl talk. Come on, good lord. Um, but no, it's just like just self love. Love yourself. If it has to be from the outside in, mm-hmm. so be it. Um, but you know, just do the things that you love doing. Um, you know, one thing I even like. You know, if there's something that you like doing when you were a child, even if you're like like in your mid twenties, late twenties, or however old you are, go back and do that thing that made you happy back then. Oh yeah. Um, Steve, it makes you happy. I, I got a big one, Legos. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. It's it's joyful. It's time consuming. It allows you create and construct something. And I, I think a lot of us, you know, forget that we're allowed, still allowed to play. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like, life doesn't have to be serious every single second of the day. Yeah, ex- um, exactly. You know, like people, people who know me and people who've met me in person, um, it's like I am probably one of the most fluent, sarcastic people that you would ever meet. Um, not a lot of things I say are serious. Um, but, you know, I always, like, even, even when it comes to hard-hitting topics, I will always find a way to make someone laugh. Like, you know, I find it, like, my, like I'm, I'm sensitive, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I need to make them enjoy that experience as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the sort of person, like, I'll do anything to make someone laugh. I would literally run into a door to make someone laugh if they're in some type of mood. And, you know, this would, this is actually, it's in my notes. One of the things I wanted to ask, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. you've got notes. I always have notes. I always got notes. I, woman, I come prepared. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> He's got me a woman. Oh, yes. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I was, I was like reading up on is just that, you know, I know self-love is very important to making yourself feel good, making yourself look good. But you know, those things are also temporary. As we said, some guys just go out and drink. It's temporary. Doing good things for others, even if that includes running into a door to making someone else, does make you feel good because you were able to make, put a smile on someone's face. So the act of kindness, you know, can take you out of, of that dark state as well. Can it? Yes. Um, kindness is, to me, it, you can't put value on kindness. Um, you know, what, one stigma around is that, you know, like people, people have that, um, you know, like they say, like, you've got good karma coming your way because you've done something nice, Mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, I've heard of people just doing things nice because they want good karma. And it's like, hey, it doesn't work that way. Um, but when, when kindness, like when the act of kindness happens, it's like, if it's from a really genuine, genuine place, it is one of like the most beautiful things ever. Um, and like, you never know how like one little thing can actually turn around someone's day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 I buy my friends like random little things. Like, you know, if I, if I'm walking in a shop and I see something and I'm just like, ah. Oh, like this, I'll get this for such and such just because it has a resemblance behind it. Right. Um, you know, like you just like kindness is kindness can't be taught. You, you're either kind or you're not. It, I, I, like, I that, think that a lot sounds of, really weird to say, but no, you know, it, it is something that is instilled in you at a young age. You got to, you know, treat others the same way you want to be treated with respect and kindness. And you know, that's, it's funny because I, I would do the same too. If I saw something for one of my friends, I, I would buy it for them because I, yeah. I, I would think of them, but you know what? It, it's still hard to come by these days because I think a lot of people are still lost in their own minds and that, you know, sometimes they forget that there are other great people in your life that, you know, want what's best for you. And it's good to show that, you know, it's nice to know that you were thinking about me when you bought this. Yeah, but it's not just like the, like the, the materialistic things behind kindness. It's the, it's the kindness that, you know, just giving, like, you know, giving someone your love, giving someone your attention, like, those like they're, they're all kind gestures to do but the difference when you know obviously it's forced mm-hmm. like when like that love that you're giving someone is forced to when it is like an unspoken 
like just natural thing to do. It, they're two completely different things, like especially when you're on the receiving end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like just that. I always say the small things count. Yeah. The small things can make someone just feel special without words. Um, you know, and sometimes the the kind things they don't even need to be spoken about. You know, they're just they're just there. Um, but kindness is a really, really big thing, especially if you, if you have someone who's going through something, you know, just be kind, don't be an asshole. Um, you know, being, being an asshole is going to backfire. It's going to backfire really bad. Um, just, (laughs) I'm just sitting here trying not to swear. Um, That's okay. Swear as much as you want. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not very ladylike for someone to swear. <laughs> so, this is like this is professional stuff. Not many, not many people get to hear my swearing side. <laughs> okay, it's going to be refreshing for many people. But <laughs> <laughs> re- refreshing. It's going to be refreshing for many people. If my friends watch this, they're literally just going to be like, "Hey, she's not swearing." Um, one of them will be like that because I like we just swear at each other, but that's just our friendship Uh, Um, i mean hey it's i i it's also a great way of releasing frustration so i mean you know doing good for for others not accepting not expecting anything in return does make anyone feel good and i think it's also a way of showing that uh you know there are other people that care about you out there and you know it it does allow you to create more bonds um Mm -hmm. with other people and from there you know as as we discussed then you can talk to someone about, you know, what you're currently going through because they're a friend. So you don't have to feel ashamed or embarrassed of it. hundred percent. And like, you know, that's what, you know, like just, just with everything, obviously that happened, obviously it's pushed me into a new, into a new venture, um, just to create a community and create awareness of this topic within our fitness industry. Um, you know, I'm still wrapping my head around how I'm actually going to do it. Um, but I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to do it. Um, you know, I've spoken to people about what we're going to do, especially here in Australia. Um, I do find that a lot of us are quite disconnected from this. Um, especially, especially the guys. Yeah. Um, so I'm not just going to make this like whatever I end up doing. Um, I'm not just, it's not just going to be about the females. It's... It's about the men because they they struggle just as much as what we do um well, would you say your 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 partner would be able to help you with this uh, venture especially from a business point of view a business perspective um, look i think i think from a business point of view yes but he is he's the type of person who you know he'll wait for me to come to him and be like, okay. like blah, and then he'll be like uh He'd be like, like, maybe that's not going to work. Maybe like do it this way. Um, but see, he knows that I'm such a control freak. Ah. So sometimes he, <laughs> he's just like, sometimes he would just like be like, mm-hmm. like when you, when, when that doesn't work, come talk to me again. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> but, but he just lets me like, he, he just encourages it. Like, you know, like it was just that night when he was just like, he literally sat there and all he said to me was, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do about this topic? But he's literally like the, he just feeds me information and then my mind just starts going absolutely mental. And he just sits there. But see, the thing about him is that he'll remember everything I've said. Mm. 
Like sometimes when I get into like my rants about business or what I'm going to do, um, I sometimes forget what I've said and I'll sit there and be like, what did I say I was going to do? Um, like, what did I say about this thing? And he just answers it. Um, he's very, very good like that. Um, but, you know, he's very encouraging about what I want to do. Um, it's just, yeah, I think we're going, I, I think I'm going to end up just doing, you know, it'll end up being like retreats. Um, I want to make a private forum okay. um, where you can, obviously you can come and join, like all of that sort of stuff. Um, but one thing I always actually want to do is like um, have like, have a place where you can type what's going on, but you can submit it anonymously. And then you can get the advice from the correct person. Um, so obviously there will be like qualified practitioners involved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, potentially down the track, there could be like retreats, um, you know, going away for a weekend, going and actually living a normal life, something that we don't really do. Um, but you know, like the, the seminars, all of those sorts of things, because everyone loves going to seminars, especially yeah. seminars that are free. Um, so it's probably going to end up going down the track of something that's more like non-profitable. Okay. Um, like, you know, there's, there's plenty of other things that I can do that are prof- profitable. Um, but this is something that has to be done from the kindness of, of, of someone's heart, from the kindness of where, you know, I don't believe we should all have to pay for support. Um, I think that that's, you know, it's sometimes it's, you, you, people physically can't pay for it. Um, so why should I make something that can save someone's life uh, a fee? Like it's, you know, you mental health shouldn't have to cost you an arm and leg to talk to someone for an hour and then you probably walk out of there with nothing solved. You know, it, exactly. And I think a lot of people are doing their own homework and, you know, trying to be more of a, an appreciated and understanding person if they have a friend, a loved one or a family member going through something. Because, um, you know, especially nowadays, like as we just mentioned earlier, the pandemic, no one can go anywhere. No one can talk to anyone. So we have to rely on each other to really keep our spirits up and, uh, you know, do the work to make sure that uh, you are in the right mindset going going forward. Yeah, it's like, like, you know, like doing the work to make sure that you're in the right mindset. Yes. Um, You know, saying that you're going to do it. And then actually actioning that, it's two different things. Mm, That Um, is is a good point, yes. Yeah. Like, you know, you you can do all the research in the world. You can literally have all the steps written down in front of you. But if you're not going to do them, it's like, what are you doing? Like, like just just reading them is not going to help you. Like, you actually have to action this. Um, But it's also about being in the right situation to action those problems. Um, if you're not in the right situation to do so, then actioning it probably isn't the correct thing to do at that point in time. Um, you know, like obviously like with everything that's happened, you know, I've, I've lost two friends in the past two weeks. Um, oh my, I did not know this. Yeah. Oh. It wasn't, wasn't just one. It was two. Oh, stop. Um, oh, my yeah. God. So even, even when you were talking, like when you messaged me about my phase one and this and that, yeah. uh, you know. I, I didn't actually give off too much about it because when when all of this happened, I just had to I just put it to the side because I had to deal with what was going on with me. Okay. Um, 
and at that point in time where I was dealing with everything that was going on, I was just like, I even said to my partner, I just need to, I just need to step away from this for a bit because I was dealing with 10,000 emotions at the same time. And I was like, ah, I can't concentrate. Um, but that's when I started my clothing line because it was fun and creative. Yeah. Well, um, I want to tell you, <laughs> you, I know you do have some other projects in the work. So I wanted to, uh, you know, touch base on those one as well. And I also, it is a also a valid point bring bringing it back up that uh, find distractions guys do hobbies that you haven't done before or something that uh, you want to start doing again um, it allows you to really keep yourself busy and occupied and you know what you keep adding you keep doing it you realize you're you're helping yourself feel better on your own because it, I, I find always someone as myself doing something productive uh, allows me to um, really really does allow me to uh, uh, keep my mind clear uh, allows yeah. me to to go forward with my day not anything work related just more of a overall joy of, of doing a hobby uh, so I would imagine something like that too is just as important yeah 100% um, you know finding finding that that task or that thing that allows you to express your emotions in a positive way mm -hmm. Um, you know, whether it's going and kicking a football or like going and doing all these sort of things, like for me, um, you know, for me to express my emotions, the healthiest way that I do it, that I enjoy is actually with dance. Um, you know, yes. expressing through, through like through music, through dance, through movement. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a release mechanism for me. Um, so you know, like my, even my friends know, like if, if I'm going through something and I just start blurting out and singing out a song um or just randomly put something on they're just like you're crazy and i'm just like just just, just give me a moment <laughs> it's a, a release almost yeah it's literally it, it's it's like a healthy release yes um yes. but you know what works for me may not work for someone else um, Every, everyone's, everyone's i can tell you that you know there are some times where if if i don't paint if i don't put paint to a canvas i'm gonna i'll, I'll lose my shit like i i need to do that it is another form of expression another another way another stress reliever and it's like yes i can honestly go to the gym but it's not the same because it gives me more of a clear mind at the end of it opposed to like a workout so i yeah. I, I really do encourage people to really find something that they're good at or find something new you want to do and stick to it with to the beginning to the end and you'll feel you feel like real proud of yourself because you have accomplished something and that's already the the first step of making yourself uh feel better one of the one of the many but uh, a great first step yeah like just like it, just like that like even if you physically can't go and do something especially with this covid stuff that's going yeah. on um obviously like here in australia things are starting to ease up oh, um so you know we we are allowed to go out and see our friends now okay. um, but only only five at a time um but you know if, if you can't go and do those things you know get a get a pen and paper and get those thoughts that are in your mind out of it the moment that you write it down you will feel a release mm -hmm. because it's now out of your brain and on a piece of paper um you know even if that's just like something that you do like you know just just writing down what you feel um you know it, it it's, it's a sense of relief because you're taking it out of your brain yeah um, instead of it like intertwining like a roller coaster that's constantly going around, 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 just just eliminate 
that emotion, write it down, understand why you feel it, and attempt to move on. Um, but everyone's just got to stay strong and stay together. And I don't know if people are messing with me. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you know how to make me laugh um no it's fantastic uh just a few a few other things do you want to bring up phase one right now is there anything else that you want to mention that you're working on at this time um look phase one right now um it's what i decided for phase one was basically to be a questionnaire okay. it's a it, it's a questionnaire very long extensive questions but it's basically all about getting to know yourself again okay um getting to getting to know you asking you the questions that you generally wouldn't ask yourself like you ask to someone else mm -hmm. um but it's just about you know it's it's gonna take a bit like obviously i stepped away from it for a bit um i'll to be honest i'll probably go back to it maybe in maybe in a week okay um it's just i wouldn't say it's on the back of my list um, but obviously dealing with the current circumstances is my utmost like importance at the moment. Um, because if my, if my brain's not right, then that's not going to be portrayed as right. And then I'll sit here and say, I'm the type of person that, you know, if something's, if something's not right, I'll literally just like control, I'll delete and delete the whole thing and start again. And I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, so th this is pretty much a working, this is a work in progress. Yes. Um, obviously, I gave myself a timeline. Okay. Um, but obviously, when things come up that I have to deal with, yes, I'm, I need to drop what I'm doing and deal with those bits straight away. Um, because to me, if, to me, if I kept going with that, um, I was just covering up what was going on. It was literally using work as a band-aid. And I'm, I'm not one to do that. Um, I don't want to do that but I kind of contradict myself in saying that because obviously I went and started a clothing line in the midst of all of this. I, I'm looking um, forward to But in my defense, that took me like two, two and a half weeks. What, what, when are your first pair of leggings coming out? I'll, I'll buy a pair. <laughs> I'm actually not doing leggings. Oh, okay. Um, so crop top. with that a crop top yeah. um so i've actually started like obviously like, I have you seen the name of what i've yeah i, I think there? i wrote i wrote it down here um simply basic apparel correct okay so how basic <laughs> uh, how basic um so look at like the the very first collection um i decided on five pieces um okay. now these pieces they are the basics you know they're the they're the cropped they're the cropped hoodies for the girls, the crop tees, um, the guys have jumpers and there's the crew neck, um, like the crew neck okay. unisex one as well. Um, the thing with these labels is that they're all, they're all different. Mm -hmm. um, the females do say simply basic across it. Um, so these are just like the basic everyday things. Um, you know, it's a cross between a gym line and a streetwear line. So you can wear it in both walks of life. Um, here, here I am, both walks of life because they don't intertwine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like this, this line is very, it's very basic. Um, you know, my, like, people were just like, like um, someone actually said to me, how did you come up with that name? And I was just like, well, I think that I'm a simply basic person. Um, I like the basic things. I don't like the complex things. 
Um, but also like my initials are SBL. Um, so I couldn't exactly, you know, find anything for L, but the thing is with the next collection that's coming out, coming out after this is called Simply Lux. I'm sorry, come again? Simply? Lux. So L-U-X. Oh, oh, that's interesting. So the the next collection will be a little bit more extravagant. Okay. Um, High end. So you can kind of see the correlation that's going on here. Yes, I do. Um, and I do thank my the, the 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 better half of me for coming up with the simply Lux bit because I was sitting there trying to wrap my head around it and I was like, I don't know what's going to work. I don't know the words. And I literally stood up and walked away and he's just like, simply Lux. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, good. So your better half came up with, with that one. With that one, I came up with the first one. So okay. winning. Well, I'm. Uh, do you, do you know what uh, material you're going to be using? Um. So I, I, I'm actually expecting four, four different samples to be arriving in the next couple of days. Okay. Um. What I decided. So originally, um, I was actually going to obviously going to try and get a manufacturer over in China, um, in like China, Pakistan, India, any of there. Um, but then with everything that was going on with this pandemic, I was just like, you know what? And the fact that I'm a control freak, um, I was just like, I'm going to find a place in Australia that will do it for me you because I want to support our local businesses. Yes. Very good. Yeah. So um, the, like at, at the moment, so the, the females like crop hoodies and crop crews are actually the, um, the AF's color range. Like the, you know, that brand, AS? Everyone uses them. You, you'd know it if you've seen it. I have to see it. I have to. I've drawn a blank. A little embarrassing, but I draw, draw so them. Like their, their little Their little logo is like, a, you know, the A and like the S. Oh, God. Yeah. Now I know it. There yeah. It is. There it yeah. is. Okay. So they're yeah. just a, like, like, obviously, like, they're, they're, they're the go-to. Okay. Um. You know, everyone everyone wears them. There's no problems with the cut, like the material or anything like that. Um, so everything's going to be quite, like, you know, I think I'm going to use that range um, just because obviously the cuts for the, like, especially the cuts for the males. Like, you know, I'm not only friends with, you know, people who I say, you know, they're like the, like the, they're like the businessmen and they're normal everyday people. You know, I've got the bodybuilders as well with the big shoulders and, the awkwardly shaped bodies. You have to accommodate for their sizes too, their arms, their shoulders, the clavicle. I mean, everything has to be fitted, but comfortable. I think you might have to go through a few trials too. Exactly. And that's like, see, that's one thing that I know with the AS range is that, you know, they, they, they cater to those people yeah. um, because a lot of the bodybuilders wear it. Um, but, you know, obviously it's going to be, it's going to depend on what the logo looks like on it. Um, you know, the, like the quality of the printing, all of that sort of stuff. Um, but knowing me, I'll end up changing it to like a more, like a really soft type of material because I like soft things. I don't like things that feel like starch. Soft. Um, <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's just like at the moment, like I'm, I literally, like they, they, they should be here today or tomorrow. I've been literally. Oh, great. I'm hoping, only one, one can only hope because I'm actually waiting on... One, two, four things to arrive in the post. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm still waiting for my shipment from the UK, uh, from from America. 
from my okay. butane. Um, oh, yes. Still waiting on, on that. How that's uh that's still on the go. Yeah. No. Look. Um. You can like say their name. Of, I'm not gonna get mad. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, um, I think not. See, not many people know, and I'm hoping that everyone's forgotten, so I can be like surprise. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Um, but but like um, just with the like just with the COVID and everything, I'm just like like I just want my parcels. Like even even parcels that are coming like from within Australia, you know, some were sent on Monday. It's now Thursday. They're normally here the next day, and I'm just like I'm still still waiting. Yeah, I'm still waiting on my Mother's Day gift for my mother that I promised her that hasn't showed up yet. What, you, your mom got you a Mother's Day gift? No, no, I'm still waiting for a Mother's Day gift that I ordered from my, from my mother that has not showed <laughs> up yet. And Did you I, realize how that is? Yeah. Like, your mom got you a gift? What? Yeah. Mother's Day, yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my mom... Um, my mum's Mother's Day gift is a little bit more extravagant because she's, so her birthday is literally within two weeks of Mother's Day. Oh. Um, so I actually did something um, yesterday. Um, obviously mum got her flowers and all the fun stuff, like all the candles, like everything with my mum has to be pink. Pink? Uh, yeah. She's literally like a little child. I saw the roll um, on your eyes. <laughs> Oh, it's like, like, just like, like you literally, like you go to her house and like her, like her whole bedroom is just pink. And I'm just like, hum, are you like E4? <laughs> and like, then like you'll come to my house and everything's like, you know, black, white, like all earthy and all fun. All right, and well, she's just like, your house looks really nice, but where's the pink? And I'm just like, do not buy me anything pink. I do not do pink. <laughs> um... <laughs> <coughs> but I actually just reached out to my brother who um, I haven't, I don't really have a relationship with him. Oh, okay. Um, but I actually came up with a really good idea and I know that my mum's not going to be actually listening to this because she doesn't know how to use the internet. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm actually looking at potentially buying her a new car. For oh, her, very nice. for, like For her birthday. Um, now whether she'll get it on her birthday or just after it, I've actually asked my brother and said, boy, like, do you actually want to, like, do you want to contribute? Like, are you in a position to contribute to this? Um, cause my mum drives like an old beaten up, like car and like, I, I feel bad. Um, but she's literally like one of the most, I uh, like love my mum. Um, but she's just, she's so, she's so basic. She doesn't care how old the car is as long as she can get to work. She it just needs to be. Is she simply basic? Oh yeah, pretty much. Like so. So last year she told me that she wanted a um a bicycle, so she could ride her bike to work. And oh. I was just like, Mom, why do you want a bike? And she goes, Well, it's something. It's like a fun activity to do. And I was just like, All right, I went to eBay, sent her a mountain bike. <laughs> I was like, Have a bike. And I think she used it for about three weeks and didn't use it again um, <laughs> um but no it's just like you know like mum like mum like my mum's like 50 oh god how old is she ancient ancient times um so it's just like you know i'm just gonna let's just see what my brother wants to do if he doesn't want to contribute then i'll just do it myself 
What was um, um was your mother there for you for a lot of the you know the difficult points in your life? Oh, no. Um, see, I was I was like a I was a rebel child. Okay. Um, so I actually I actually ran away from home when I was fifteen. Um, and when I say ran away, I don't mean like in the same state. I got on a plane and flew to Queensland. <laughs> oh. And I didn't come back for ten years. <laughs> Okay, that's, um, that, that, that's how much of a rebel child I was. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really, I didn't have the most amazing relationship with my mum growing up. Like my, my family is not picture perfect. Um, it's really, it's really not. It's like the most dysfunctional family you would ever meet. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, my, my mum is my mum. Um, you know, she's, she's not very good at, um, she's not very good at dealing with things. Um, but you know, she's, she's getting older and, you know, re regardless of anything, um, you know, regardless of the amount of times, like I literally tortured her, like <laughs> through so much torture when I was a little kid. Um, but I, I like to say that I was like an angel when I was growing up, but I really wasn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I just... Need to love my mum now. I'll always love her, always did. Um, but I was just, I went through a phase and a different different avenue to what was expected of me. Mm. Um, you know, I was the child that was, you know, mum had all these expectations of me. You know, she, even in school, like, you know, like when we got to um, like year, year 11 and 12, she, like, you know, we get like our elective um, subjects to study. Okay. Um, you know, she, she, she elected for me to do law. And I was like, mom, don't want to do that. She goes, I want you to be a lawyer. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And I was just like, I actually started doing it. And then that's when I rebutted. I was just like, you know what? I literally got to the point when I was a kid where I was just like, I'm sick of doing what you tell me to. Um, you know, like even, even I was a dancer, like I, I was like a ballerina, this and that. Um, I walked away from that when I was... 14 i think i was 14 um betsy was like um to me back then it was like my uh, my mum was trying to live through me because she loved it mm. and i was just like like I, I was good at it like i'm not gonna I'm not turning my own horn here um but <laughs> yeah there was just one of those things where mum was trying to live through me um but also mum wasn't really there for me um you know it was you know, like God, like God bless her and stuff. Like I just don't want her to sound like a horrible mum. But you know, she was obviously going through her things um, when I got to my mid teens and like my early teens and stuff. Um, so, and she thought that I could just look after myself. So I was actually looking after myself and my brother for most of my childhood. So you know, I was the one that was cooking because mum was dealing with a mum was dealing with her stuff and I can't, I can't hold that against my mum. It actually taught me to grow up a lot quicker. Um, like when I think about it now, I'm just like, you know, I didn't really have like the fun, like the, the best childhood in the world. Um, but, you know, I did have things that other people didn't like, you know, mum always made sure that I had everything that I wanted. Um, I was like the spoiled little brat. Um, but you know, yeah. So yeah, that was like you know, yeah, I, I, I ran away. An aspect of your life. Um, have you like? Of course, it comes back to stemming from um, childhood. Um, have you 
dealt with uh, a lot of like I would say your patients or you people that you speak with that had had like kind of poor upbringings too with their parents as well and they their parents had high expectations for them and that just led them off into a completely different path um oh, like that that's kind of hard to say um you know obviously I think like we've all got to bear in mind you know our, our parents always have a vision for us Mm -hmm. um but unfortunately sometimes that vision they they tend to push it onto us and pushing it onto us is not always the best thing to do because we are going to retaliate at some point um but a lot of i think i I wouldn't say like in the sense of like career-wise but i would say some of the people who i talk to um there's always something they're missing in their childhood um, you know, whether it was the, you know, feeling loved, feeling wanted, um, what I actually find that is quite, um, forthcoming about that is that I find that typically in men, like I find that in the guys who I speak to that they were never, they never felt as though they were loved as a, as, as a kid. So what they do now, they actually force love. Like they force someone to care about them. Um, and that is really bloody unhealthy. Like so unhealthy. It's not even funny. Like even, even females do it as well. Um, you know, they, they just have this unhealthy expectation around, you know, love and feelings and being cared for. Um, but I do find that a lot of that actually comes from their childhood. You know, they, the things that they thought they were missing. So they think that they're missing them. So then they're going to force it now to make sure that they get it. Um, but you, you can't force it. <laughs> like you literally can't. So like the more you force it, the more they run. Like yeah, just, so just, how- for any, just for any guys listening, the more you force love on females, they're going to run the other direction. Why, why do you find men are just more prone to wanting to be loved more than women? I mean, men like find they come off as you know the dominant force. I can take care of myself. I'm supposed to take care of others. Um, you know, I'm supposed to be the provider. But you know, uh, they want a sense of you know what love. I mean, because it is true. Like, okay, guys, I'm sorry, but we are dumb. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, no, we, we are because you can't. I feel like women. I I like to say emotionally challenged. Okay, emotionally challenged. Now the word dumb. Uh, <laughs> um, emotionally challenged. Challenged. Yes. Um, you know what? It is one way for a woman to say that I love you, but we're more visual. You have to like almost show up, show us like a pop up book, and I think that's what they want. They want to be shown the the physical love, not the action of sex but just being shown that because yeah we're emotionally challenged a majority of us as we can go back to you know a lot of the athletes that we have encountered hard hard shells hard exteriors they just want to be loved and be accepted for who who they are Mm -hmm. so it's just like uh, what what was the question again i was sorry i was just listening to your we're dumb yes we're done Was that was there a question that came with that? Or? No, it was, it was more. It was more of a, a statement. But, do you, but a statement. Just men, men are just, as you said, you know, more emotionally, um, like un, uneducated in that sense that they don't know how to love properly because of how they were raised, or can that be? Yeah, like, look, I, it can't I be trained out of them. 
I think that I think that everyone has their own way, own unique way of showing love. Mm. Um, and I think especially when it comes to a relationship, um, you know, we've always got to be mindful that the way that we show love is not the way that someone else shows it. Mm. Um, what I do find with men is that, like, I, like, unfortunately, they just think that, you know, being there and being present is love. That's no. Like a, like a, a female... You know, it's it's actions that speak louder than words. You know, it's it's not about the you know the gift giving. Like, and this is one thing I do want to say to any guy: you cannot buy a female's love. You cannot do it. So don't go and slam them with flowers and gifts and this and that because it's not going to work. Like, if you want a stable relationship, just work on the small things. Um, you know, everyone shows love in love in different ways. Like, you know, I, I show it in weird, like weird ways. Like the things that I do are just weird. Um, I, I tend to shy away from it because to me that word love is a very, um, it's a confronting word. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, like it, like at the end of the day, like what is love? Like on it, like, like what, like what, what is it? Like, I don't even know what it is. I'm just like, but you know, I know the, I know the feeling of love towards my friends. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's a, that's a different feeling, you know, like the feeling of love towards our pets. Like, you know, they're, they're all different versions of love. Like, but guys, like, yeah, if everyone's, everyone's feelings and emotions towards love are just completely different. They're shown in all different ways. I think of having an open mind towards that and, you know, trying to, you know, if you're, even if you're a female or a guy and you're sitting there and you're just like, like, I'm not sure if my partner loves me or this and that, like, instead of looking at the big picture, try and look at the little things, look at the little things that they do on a daily to, you know, make sure that you're okay, because that can be a symbolism of, you know, not, not just love, but care and kindness like love is a whole bunch of things that are all mixed together um you know there's there's not one remark that you know says that 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 you love someone it's like i think that the word love is thrown it's thrown around in so many different contexts that it kind of it makes it hard to determine what it is and i don't i honestly don't think that you're going to know what it is until it actually hits you um and you know like, like even if it does hit you you may be sitting there like one day and you're just going to be like what is this and it's going to be the most it's probably going to be like the most strangest feeling in the world um but you know you just you just yeah like even like with all of that stuff like you know you just can't force it just don't don't force something that may 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 or may not be there. Love is not instant. No. Um, you know, the only thing that is instant is our attraction to each other. Um, you know, that is the obviously like when you break down a relationship, how do you actually start talking to someone? What's the first thing that you notice? Oh, you're asking me? All right, I don't know. <laughs> what's what's the answer? Oh, what's the first well, thing you notice when you speak to someone? Face, uh, uh, their appearance. Exactly. So it's their physical, like their physical attraction. Right. Like, are you physically attracted to them? Um, you know, that's, it, it always starts with the appearance. Um, and then, you know, love is just something that grows. Um, but you can't force it. Um, and obviously stemming it back to, you know, back to our childhood. Um, you know, I find that a lot of 
older men these days, like normally, you know, anywhere from, I would say like mid twenties to like mid thirties, I find that they're the ones who are really seeking that loss of love that they didn't have when they were young. Like, and some push it across in a very narcissistic way. Um, like, you know, they, they, they demand it. And it's just like, like, I, like I, I was in a situation where I was in a very narcissistic um, relationship and, you know, it was demanded of me. Um, and I was that weak-minded back then that, you know, I, I, I gave it even though I didn't feel it. Like it, like I look at it now and I'm just like, that was just a lesson that wasn't love. And I will literally, that's like literally the moment that changed me, like completely changed me. Um, going through that circumstance is what really opens me up to, you know, like the mannerism we speak in, the actions that we take, um, you know, it, it has me questioning what love is. Um, so like, you know, I can give all the advice like on the world about love, um, but I truly don't know what it is, but I do, the, the thing that I do know is that you can't force it. You can't demand it from someone. It's just, it's not, it's not right. It's not on. And I just say, stop being a dick. Um, um no, I, I mean, I, I think even for someone who has gone through their fair share of um, struggles too, I, I think the demand for love is just a little bit more and they feel like maybe they won't be accepted because of their, their struggles or what they, what, what, how they feel about themselves. Is that another thing too, that usually comes into play? If you're not, of course, if you're not feeling good about yourself, let alone, you know that you're going through an unhealthy mental state, you, it's hard to be in love with someone or let alone be in love with yourself. Yes. Yes. I, I think that it's, look, I think, I do think that it's easier for us to actually love someone else. Okay. I think that the hardest part is actually loving ourselves. Um, that is, because, that is true, yes. Yeah. Like, you know, we're the, we're the hardest person on ourselves. Like, you know, we live with ourselves day in, day out. There's like literally no way of escaping us. Um, and, you know, I think that especially when you've gone through hard times in life, it, you know, it becomes harder to love yourself because you are so harsh on yourself. Mm -hmm. Like instead of seeing the positive in ourselves, we see the negative and it's just, it's, it is a hard thing to do. And I would say that loving, loving ourselves is harder than loving someone else. And, um, but also being able to accept love from other people, mm -hmm. that's a whole nother thing. I think also too, because I was having in my last episode, I was talking with Benoit Lapierre, um, international bodybuilding coach. Oh, there comes the French accent. Yeah. <laughs> Benoit Lapierre. There you go. That's more English for you. Um, he, 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 of course he studied uh, early childhood development too, but we were talking about relationships and, and bodybuilding. And look, if a woman's going to, or a man's going to stick with you when you're in prep and they're going to spend more time or you're going to spend more time making sure that, um, you're all ready for your show. You have your meals, you're in the gym. Like you have to be able to give enough of yourself back at, at the end of all of it. But like at, at the same time, there, there needs to be a point of balance where you cannot give up 
on your partner when times get struggled, when you're extremely depleted, the hormones are imbalanced. Um, and I, I think that's where a true relationship really does shine, especially in, in our field. If you can stick it out, then you know this person is me me really meant to be with you. And it's funny because he told me that it's like, guys and women will have three relationships when they're in prep. I'm like, these are just numbers you're throwing out. No, I've studied this enough. This has happened. It's like, really? It's like, yes. So I, I, I personally think that if you are a, an athlete of some, some sort and your partner sticks without, with you through the end, don't doubt yourself that they don't love you. They clearly do that they're able to see you through your heart, very hard point, very like very hard points in prep or, you know, losing your shit for lack of better words um, just before you step on stage. And I also, that comes back to like everyday people. If someone that you are with knows that you are struggling with depression or a bit of mental illness and they're not giving up on you, hold on to that person, hold on to that partner. It's very hard to come by these days because sometimes you know what, they have their own stuff too and they can't have yours on top of it. And the best thing for that person to do is just like cut ties and then go and then you're out there wondering what the hell happened. And that also hurts too because you blame yourself for a lot that happened mm -hmm. during that point. Um, it's difficult because like, I think you can say this yourself. I think I've seen a lot of relationships fail because of our sport. Because from psycho psychologically, no one's really investing enough time in their significant other more within their sport it's very hard to come by these days where you can be a pro athlete and still be a great loving uh wife or husband or ho ho let alone mother or father mm -hmm. yeah so um, I, yeah yeah i want to touch base on that a bit what are your thoughts on that um look i think that Look, I, I do believe, I, obviously, like, like when you're prepping, you know, you go through so many different emotions and phases and this and that. Um, and one thing that, you know, if you are that person who is actually doing the dieting and this and that, and you don't actually realize the impact of your emotions um, that it actually has on the other person. Um, you know, I see a lot of relationships fail, um, you know, especially especially in those circumstances when, you know, someone's prepping and the other person's not and like the other person's having this like a serious, like a, like, I wouldn't say serious, but like a, a momentary breakdown right. and the other person just walks out, um, you know, and from there, what I do find is that, you know, if someone walks out on you when you're prepping, you're not actually going to deal with the emotions or realize what has actually happened until after you've come off that stage. Um, but one thing that I do want to say, especially to the guys, um, you know, if you are prepping for a show and you do have a partner, um, always remember that, you know, especially if your partner's the one who cooks the food for you, does it literally does everything but wipe your rear end. It's like when your show is over, that is the time where it is all about her. Um, you know, the selfish stigma that stands around it. Um, I think that a lot of men these days actually take that way, way, way too far. Like you don't, like the, this, like the stigma around having to be selfish, um, I think it's absolute bullshit. Um, like you, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be selfish, especially towards your partner. 
but obviously if your partner is understanding and she knows um, sex, she may fully not know what you're going through, but you know, she's still standing there. She's still the voice of reason when you don't have it. Um, just know that when you come out of the prep, it's, it's no longer about you. It's about your partner. It, oh, it's a hundred percent about your partner. Um, I, of course, I, I, a lot of guy friends, like, look, it would, the balance was 70, 30. Now we're going to switch it back around. It's all on her. But I've also met the fair share of men, got all the pro athletes that are like, so she's supposed to. Exactly. Oh, that, that stigma around, you know, a female's meant to cook and a female's meant yeah. to do this and a female's meant to that. Guys, like, we're living in a like modern century, like pull your shit together. Yeah. Like, I think it's even funny, like, you know, um, like my, like my mom is very old school. Mm-hmm. very old school um and i remember her coming to my old house um and at the time i did have a did have a partner and all that sort of stuff um but you know my mum's very much you know like the guy does all the outside work like he does the mowing the lawns and this and that when my mum came over and seen me mowing the lawn i was having the time of my life <laughs> i was having so much fun in the backyard and mom was just like why are you doing that she's like you know like like the stigma around like male and female jobs. It's like, no, like I have fun in the garden. I like mowing the lawn. Like I'm not going to rely on my partner to do something. Like if I want to, if the lawnmower needs mowing, I'm going to do it myself. Um, But, you know, like just the stigma around the whole, you know, it's a female's job to cook. It's a female's job to clean. It's like, no, we live in a modern century. Like, I'm sure, but I, I always say like, do you have two arms, two legs and a heartbeat? And they say, yes. And I was like, well, you can do it yourself. But that, that's just me. But then again, other people, other people would beg to differ because I, they would. You know what? I, there are people that would disagree with you on that. And there are people who would agree, agree with you, but um, you know, to each his own. And you got to find yeah. the right person that hey, is like, yeah, you can go cut the lawn or I can go cut the lawn. Who cares? We're, we're a team. And, yeah. um, I, as you know, as selfish as this sport is, it's very, it's very rare. I come across a, a team, right? I mean, mother and father with a child and, you know, their partner is still competing at a high level. I'll give an example, Mindy O'Brien, uh, John Sear, uh, Josh, uh, I think of Josh Wade, um, uh, Juan Morel. I mean, these are all athletes that are in happily are in marriages, uh, have children and are able to balance everything in, in between. It is possible, but you also have to be in the right mindset to be able to, you know, be able to work uh, with with your partner on everything. And you know what? And it comes back, even in the hard times, you are struggling through something. Your partner has to be there for you all, all the way through. And that, ah, oh, it, it, it just, it just, excuse me, it does anger me because I've seen it far too often when people don't care about each other in, in, in this sport. And it's very difficult to like, I can't, I can't be your friend. Like, I, I just can't like, um, so to, 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 to see that, that I think that we're losing that a little bit is hard. And also, but it's not very much acknowledged that, that, um, you know, people in our industry, it's become so selfish to another end that we forget that it does affect our partners. It does affect our family members or our other loved ones. So you don't know what they're going through too, with your neglect. 
hundred percent. Um, you know, it's just the, I think like the most unhealthiest part, like, um, you know, would be the stigma around having to be selfish. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you're only selfish to the degree of what you'd let yourself be. Um, and I think that a lot of people are taking that to an extreme. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, what we do is hard. Like it's it's not easy. Otherwise, every single person would do it. Would do it on the face of the planet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Um, like it's you know it's mentally challenging and you know all of this and all of that. Um, but you know what? Like I've I've only been like competing for this. This would have been my sixth year. Um, but you know I had I had I had found that um, that balance between you know being able to. Like I, I had never, like my, my first prep without actually being in a relationship was the one that I literally just came out of that never happened. <laughs> um, okay. To me, um, you know, it was, it was like that last prep was a realisation for me of how much I actually lent on the other person who was in my life because I had no one to lean on. Um, but yeah, I, was a lot, I was a lot more productive because I didn't have to worry about, you know, taking care of someone else because I am the, I'm the caregiver. You know, that's, that's just me as a person. Um, you know, I just, I take care of anyone in my life. Um, you know, like to me, you never know what someone's going through. Maybe they just, maybe they need that kindness. Maybe they need someone to take care of them. Um, but yeah, like, just taking, you know, just with the whole body, like just taking everything for bloody granted. Like, stop being, stop being selfish. You don't have to be selfish. Um, you know, it's just, just like the stigma around it. And I think, you know, yeah, like I, I know that, like even if you speak to like a lot of like the really like the like the well-known bodybuilders, you know, they're you know, obviously, like, like they, they have partners, mm -hmm. but they think the absolute world of their partner. Like, they don't diminish their partner anyway, in any way because their partner is, you know, it's the person that holds everything together. Yes. Um, you know, because in, in prep, like, we don't, we don't think correctly. Um, we lose our mind at some point. Um, but you've also got to remember that, you know, your, your partner is the one that's holding everything together. Um, so don't take it for, don't take it for granted and just appreciate what you have. Um, because you know, so many other people out there, like they're lonely as anything. They would give anything to have the partner that you have. So don't take it for granted. Um, you know, realize that after your show, it's all, it's, the focus is now on your partner. The focus right. is now on your family. Um, and, you know, obviously if your relationship works through a prep and this and that, you, you have someone who is phenomenal, like standing next to you. Hold, hold, hold on to that person. Hold on to them because they'll go through hell with you and back. And, yeah, that, and, that, like, and when, it, it comes back around. That's true love. Yeah. That's true love. 100%. Like when, when you find that person who, you know, will walk through, like walk through fire and do everything with you, it's like, like, with like literally like my like my whole thing is that you know with a partner i stand next to them i don't stand in front front of them i don't stand behind them i stand next to them because we're a team um you know like to me like like your struggles and my struggles like 
you know, if you need a voice of reason, mm-hmm. I'll be that voice of reason. If you need calm injected into your life, I will inject the calm. Um, you know, but it's just like to to have that on the other end of the scale as well. It's just like, you know, even even with the person who's in my life now, like, you know, it's just it's it's uplifting. Um, you know, just especially like from a mental standpoint, like, you know, I'm I'm experiencing things that I've never like like those things that you like have in your head that you think that you'll never get. Mm. Like you think it's all a, like a fairy tale. Yeah. It's like literally like how is that image in my head actually a reality? Because to me, to me, it's not. Um, But, you know, that's why, like, you know, like regardless of whatever happens with the person who's in my life, like I, you know, I will always, it's just a blessing to be able to experience something like that. Um, So, you know, like even when it comes to a relationship, take it as a blessing. If the person is amazing, take it as a blessing. It is literally, it is a blessing. It doesn't like, you know, this is something that, you know, even like he said to me, you know, cause I used to use the word luck. I used to always be like, oh, like I'm a lucky person. Like I got this, I'm lucky. And he's just like, he looked at me and he goes, no, he goes, it's called a blessing. He goes, it's a blessing. It's not luck. I like that. I'm actually going to start using that myself. <laughs> I'm going to start using that. Tell him that I'm going to start using that. It's a blessing. <laughs> It is an absolute. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure like if like he'll probably listen to this whole thing and he'll just be like he'll be like you're using my words. <laughs> well, his words came in handy. His words came in handy. Oh my! We're like sharing's pairing. Exactly. Um. Oh my God, Steph! I have to say this was an absolute great conversation I've had with you. Uh, well, this morning for you, this evening for me. Um, but is there anything that you can leave us with? And are are you still taking in um, patients, clients right now? Um, at the moment, obviously, like I don't, I don't charge for what I do. I'm obviously, I'm not, I'm not qualified. I'm not licensed yet. Um, but one thing that I always do say is that if you, if you are struggling. My, I don't care if I don't know you. I don't care if I receive a random message from a random person. Right. Um, I'm going to take the, res- like the time to respond to you. Um, you know, whether you're having, whether you're having trouble or you want to, you know, try and f- like figure something out. Um, and, you know, sometimes you may find it easier to speak to a stranger um, who, who doesn't know you. Um, so obviously it's not going to be a subjective answer. It's literally, you know, if, if you have something to ask or you want to work through something, my, my inbox is always open. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you guys are not from Australia, probably expect a response at some absurd time. Um, Usually the case, yeah. I, but, you know, like, I, I, I will always respond. Um, you know, it's especially in this time, you know, reach out, ask for help. Um, you know, if you need a friend, I'm here. Um, and that... I will clarify that it doesn't open up my inbox for any creepy messages from boys. Do not send me creepy messages. <laughs> you had to put that one out there, didn't you? You get enough of those already, um, probably, right? I, I'll actually be honest. Um, I'll actually be honest. I don't get creepy messages, and I love it. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> I literally, I don't, I don't get them. Um, and I think I'm just blessed that I don't get them. Like I get the odd comment every now and then. You're not lucky. You're blessed. Oh, good Lord. 
rewind, delete that. Can you just edit that bit out? <laughs> um, but no, I, yeah, I don't, I don't receive them. Um, uh, I love it. I literally. Great. <laughs> so don't start it now. Don't we're not, we're not going to start on, we're not going to start on now, but um, yes, it's great to know that you're offering your services for the time being and uh, hopefully you'll get phase one done uh, as soon as you possibly can because I'm working, looking forward to uh, reading it too when it comes out and I'm going to refer it to a lot of other people as well. Oh, really? yeah. You want to it's, put your name out it'll, it'll It'll get there. I just have to, yeah, I'd, I'd rather it be perfect than, right. you know, start brushing through things now when I'm feeling like a, you know, I, ha I still have my moments, especially with everything that's happened. Yes. Like I'm, still, I'm still dealing with it. So I don't want my emotions to project on onto that. Um, I need that clear state of mind. Um, and yeah, once I finish, like the grieving process will probably be a while, but at these early days, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just day by day. Like I feel, I feel so many emotions throughout the day. Like, you know, I, I laugh, sometimes I cry and I'm just like, you know, sometimes I'm swearing and I'm just like, you know, it's, it's a little bit all over the place. Um, but you know, it's just because that, like that whole topic hits home with me. I it literally, it stabs like a knife. Oh, it, it hit me too. It hit me too in a way that I, I like, I can, I can express to you because you wouldn't understand, but maybe to, as we mentioned to the average person, I don't think they would really. So yes, it, it's perfectly normal to take your own personal time, you know, like get, get your thoughts together and then, you know, proceed forward with what you are currently doing. But um, yeah, so like, Going all the way back to the beginning, um, you know what? Luke was a great man, and he will be missed very, uh, very much by a very large community of people, uh, family, friends, loved ones, everyone in between. And, uh, um, yeah, he, he will be missed. So, um, Luke. And his, his, his legacy will live on. His legacy will live on for sure. And, uh, Steph, I want to say thank you for coming on again. Thank you for joining me very much. Um and uh, everyone out there who's listening, please don't be afraid to uh, ask for help. Uh, for family, friends, loved ones, don't be afraid to reach out. You are not weak. You are a lot stronger than you think you are. And if you want to reach out to Steph, you are more than, than glad to. Whether you live in Australia, Canada, or anywhere else in the world, trust me, there's enough helplines out there. And we're all here rooting for each other each and every day. So uh, thank you for everyone for joining me today on Chat With Moi. Thank you again, Steph. And I will see you all very, very soon. Take care and have a good day. All righty.